The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. We are rolling on with this new era of the Rough House podcast. Mm. Is it is it safe to call it 4.0 right now, Chris? I, I here's my my apprehension about calling it 4.0 is then we have to change the feeds for everything. Oh, uh, fair point. <laughs> which is kind of a pain in the ass. And the Realm Network have been great to us and continue to be great to us. So I kind of want to alleviate the uh, the extra work on their part. Plus, Justin will be back at some very point. Very true. So very, very um, I, I'm, I, that's why I'm apprehensive and fully embracing 4.0. We'll call it 3.5 unofficially. Exactly. We, we're, we're in the <laughs> mid upgrade period. That's where we're at. And, yeah. and let me tell you, uh, dear listeners, if you are not a part of the Patreon, one of the things that you're missing out on is uh, as we did last week, we are doing again this week. Uh, we have a full live video of the recording which means you get a lovely shot of not only my basement, which is in the midst of remodeling by midst of, I mean, we started a few months ago and haven't picked it back up (laughs) and you get to see currently Christoph's kitchenette, uh, whereby which he has a not at all ominous bottle of vodka just sitting on the table. Yeah. It's, it's very close to me, which is where it needs to be right now. Uh, yeah. You see a little bit of my, uh, my coffee machine, see my, uh, my fridge in the background, some art, some, uh, some terrible stuff that's happening. It's just, it's just a clusterfuck. There's a little thing. If there's some fruit loops, I have I've got pop vinyls over here that I'm trying to sell. We'll just do a little, uh, (laughs) of course you do. do Oh, oh, we're, we're going to do a tour. Well, the thing is my ceiling fan. We have to break it down for the audio listener as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I see or, or alternatively, pay up chumps. Yeah, pay up chumps. You want to know what we're describing? Yeah. You want to see how bad it gets? Do you want to see the struggle? That's a bottle of Smirnoff that I'm drinking. Yes. We've yes. got some pop vinyls that I'm selling over here. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the, mm-hmm. which you can, you can usually hear this in the background. That's the kitten fountain and his automatic yeah. feeder right down there. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's the back of the kitchen. I clean the kitchen. 
kitchen after cooking dinner tonight. So that's nice and clean. There's my big bald head. A little bit into the, the living room behind the curtain there. A wall of pops. I'm very bad at angling this thing, apparently. Uh, so there you go. That's, uh, yeah. that's the Casa de Kristoff. So that's the tour we, for we, our, our good we friends on the Patreon there. We, we basically just got an episode of MTV Cribs. In 10 but seconds. We got it. But we got it right here on the Rough House podcast. Possibly most reminiscent of the episode with uh, Redman, where it turned out apparently he was just staying in a townhouse. Still the greatest oh. episode of Cribs of all time. I don't man, know to Red this day if it was a gag or not. Between Redman and Method Man and Exhibit Man, that was that was not Exhibit Man, but Exhibit Comma Man. Uh, those guys kept MTV very entertaining in the very. early 2000s. So cheers, cheers to you guys. Uh, but enough about MTV Cribs, unless we're going oh. to start a, oh. Oh, that, yeah, that looked like it went down. Uh, the, what's the opposite of smooth junkie? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, well there indeed. yeah. Um, we're not here to talk about MTV Cribs, although we probably could or my length. lack of money. We're yes. here to talk about how much money Vince McMahon currently has. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, it's, it's been another barn burner of a week. Uh, if you are if you are a WWE stockholder, uh, word came out uh, earlier this week. Was it late last week? Whatever, whenever it came out. Yeah. Uh, WWE SmackDown went on the free market. Uh -huh. NBC Universal. They only wanted a part of Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. They said SmackDown. Find yourself a new home. And they did uh, in Fox. Like broadcast over yeah. the air Fox. Fox proper. For the tune of $1 billion. With a B. The, yes, that's billion over the next five years. Uh, holy shit. Uh, I know last week, uh, Christoph, you and I, two gentlemen who clearly have absolutely no business in the world of business, uh, mm -hmm. we, we pontificated on, mm -hmm. on what may happen, uh, if they received a substantial sum of money, uh, for SmackDown and holy shit, did they ever, oh my God. I don't, I don't think anybody expected it to hit billion dollar, uh, range here. So, um, yeah, it kind of, I think it dropped on Monday or Tuesday, that news and everybody was, was taken aback. I mean, it's it's kind of unprecedented um, because even the UFC they just yeah. signed with uh, ESPN proper, I mm -hmm. believe, for three hundred million. I'm not sure how many years that's over. Um, right, right. But uh, that's significantly less, or at least not as long term as the WWE. And you think that's a that's a five year deal? You're locked in. Obviously, it's not a billion dollars a year; it's billion overall. But um, right. That's a lot of hundreds of million dollars per year exactly. uh, that, that is coming in. And, you know, uh, we talked about this a little bit on the social media and a little bit last week as well. How is this going to change the entertainment model of how the shows are booked and presented? Um, because right now, the biggest piece of the pie in the uh, in, in the WWE financials is television rights, pay-per-view barely non-existent. The network is just a, a small sliver for your anorexic cousin for the pie. Right. Um, right. There's not, there's not a lot, uh, you know, the rest is live uh, events and merch and ticket sales, stuff like that. So I, I, I mean, it's probably safe to say at least a third, if not pushing a half of, of everything uh, from this point on is going to be TV rights for their income. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's an insane chunk of change for the WWE. Uh, fact is, we, when you look at it, I know there there was talk uh, on our Facebook page and our Twitter page, like, well, what about the network? The the network means freedom for the WWE. That you know that they aren't beholden to a USA, to a Fox, to anything like that. Uh, I don't think Vince McMahon cares. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that really matters. I mean, I think the network basically is is that, uh, you know, chest puffing out moment as if to tell the oh, yeah. USA's and, and the Foxes of the world, we can do this on our own. We yeah. don't need you. But it is at best supplementary to the amount of money that they're going to be receiving for, for television rights. And it, it almost wasn't television. Uh, word has come out over the past few days Yes, Fox got the deal, but apparently they were outbid, although the the overall uh, presentation was not as strong, uh, by streaming networks. Apparently, both Amazon and Facebook made very strong plays, wow. even offering additional money. But WWE, they wanted to be promoted on Major League Baseball, on NFL, mm -hmm. on NASCAR, mm -hmm. everything that Fox has. Uh, and sure enough... Fox got him. Uh, apparently, this is a similar deal to what they're getting out of uh, Raw. Um, I, I don't believe Raw's deal was for as long, uh, but still, just uh, 200 million roughly each a year. Yeah. 400 million a year for Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> it's unfathomable. Uh, it's it's insane. And and at this time now, after the week of of wrestling we had i mean don't get me wrong i thought smackdown was a good show yeah smackdown was a very good show raw had some very suspect <laughs> moments holy shit it was <laughs> as if the news that they made a billion dollars on tv did not get to a single writer on monday yeah oh my god uh but but before we get into raw just to, to summarize it um i i'm i'm you know i'm gonna out myself as the one who put it out there i would think if i'm at titan towers right now if if i'm in stanford connecticut i'm thinking 205 live nxt takeovers uh let's see how much money we can get for all of this because uh, at, at this point it seems to be a buyer's market uh yeah it's it's yeah. live content live content is key right now and and wwe has live events down to a T they they're mm -hmm. perfect at it. They know what they're doing. They, you know, they promote them. They put butts in the seats, even if they have to pump in the sound uh, and fill half the arena, as long as it's the TV side uh, that's being filmed this full, it, it looks real. Um, and it's, it's, it's so turnkey for them to produce that. It's all, I mean, not, I don't want to say all profit because obviously not, they have an overhead there, but it's just so easy. They're basically printing money with something yeah. they already do. They just, they gave themselves uh, a ridiculous, pay raise and i want to believe i haven't heard any news about it yet i'm not sure uh as to whether or not vince mcmahon has or has not murdered a person uh, <laughs> and uh just to say fuck you to everybody uh uh as far as i'm uh concerned or as, as aware rather if you listen to last week's episode um i laid out a, a plan not a plan a uh hypothesis or as to what vince mcmahon would do to celebrate uh these crazy contracts uh marty said he probably kills a man and i I requested it to be Michael PSAs, um, yeah. but I'm pretty sure Doc Hendricks is still kicking. Um, so Vince, if you're listening. Uh, you still got some time, man. Uh, you know, uh, you probably got a couple years before uh, Doc kicks it on its own. So just, uh, you know, give him a kick, give him a stunner, take a bedpan, just bash his face in and, uh, you know, um, 
put his uh, teeth that get knocked out into his fanny pack and um, strip him of his terrible suit and feed him to the dogs, please. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> that would be something great for me to watch. You know, put it on the network. Make it a network exclusive. Exactly. You know? <laughs> WWE 24, the murder of Michael P.S.A. You know what? Put it, put it on pay-per-view and I'll pay. I'm, I have no money. <laughs> I, will, I will sell uh, my cat. To see uh, Doc Hendricks get eaten alive by some dogs. $59.99 coming right out of your pocket. Worth it. Well, let's be honest. $59.99 coming right out of those Patreon dollars. <laughs> going right into uh, the murder of Michael P.S. Hayes. Uh, so speaking of murders, uh, Raw uh, had a segment that was absolute death Monday night. I'm going to go ahead and say... It's at least the worst segment we've had on Raw since the the Bailey Alexa Bliss This yes. Is Your Life. Yes. Um possibly even the worst Raw segment of the decade. Uh for those who missed it, uh one, don't think oh, I should check this out on YouTube. Don't, don't. do that. Don't, don't do that to yourself. So, yeah, yeah. There don't are better things yourself. to look at on the internet countless <laughs> better things to look at on the internet yeah look up uh, octopus porn is a lot more entertaining yeah, than sammy yeah. zane's uh att- oh not i don't want to blame sammy zane because i'm quite certain he didn't come up with this idea oh but no unfortunately this is, this is a vince idea through and through unfortunately he's become the face of it uh right. now alexa bliss was able to um recover from this downfall of hers last year with the bailey segment and go on to have a very successful title reign um obviously there's no title involved with Sami Zayn, uh which there hasn't been at the entire entirety of his main roster run unfortunately hopefully yeah. that can be remedied yeah. at some point but um man yeah he's going to be associated with that segment uh till the end of his uh his career no doubt um it was just i got a push notification about it uh, a couple hours before <laughs> raw or late like a half hour before Raw, and i saw this and i was like oh no 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 this is not going to be good this is not going to be good and then uh uh i was right <laughs> it was yeah. not good it was fucking it, terrible it, it was very very bad if you didn't catch it the the concept of the the segment was this uh bobby lashley a few weeks ago on raw uh did a sit down interview with renee young where he talked about his life growing up um bobby lashley uh, even in a produced sit-down segment <laughs> not the most natural promo in the world uh zero personality can you have negative personality <laughs> uh, uh, he's definitely encroaching upon it and and yeah i have run the numbers but. before i i get too far into this no i did not watch his impact run i heard he got a lot better there didn't see it so he's still the same weird guy to me right so you sent me a screen cap of it, which definitely made it look like he went to the sunken place from Get Out. It looked real bad. <laughs> was not it was not a good look for Bobby. He kind of turned to the camera, or at least the camera zoomed in on him, and he had this this just look up derp face in the dictionary, and it's a meme, and it's Bobby Lashley's face. He's he's got a full on derp face, and he's kind of just like, I love my sisters. That's uh, not how he talks, but I don't know why I made him sound like that. But that's whatever. <laughs> When, when I when I when you say the word I love my sisters, I kind of just immediately go to a redneck accent because it's inherently West Virginian. I don't think that's how Bobby Lashley loves his sisters. He's just a, he's a no. family man. He enjoys the company of his family and wants to take care of them. And uh, he's a he's a loving fellow. Um, unfortunately, he has the uh, personality of a dish sponge and mm-hmm. um, can't really uh, g- emote 
You know, it's kind of right. it's kind of an important thing in telling stories in the ring is the ability to uh, react and 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 tell this. You should be able to tell a story without words. Um, granted, mm-hmm. he can't do it with words either, uh, but <laughs> the, the physicality is there. He's an amazing athlete. Um, but that's about where it ends for him. So this segment with Sami Zayn thinking he's clever, like we used to complain about the, the Photoshop sort of uh, mm-hmm. gimmicks mm-hmm. they would do on the Titan Tron and stuff like that. That shit was bad. If that was bad, this is like fucking uh, Hiroshima. Just like Jesus Christ, just, <laughs> yeah, just awful, just terrible. There's no yeah. just no justification for it. That was my that was the way how I got to to, to hear it. There's no justification for for murdering that for, man, for for what we first saw. And if you look at the the ring mat, you can actually see the outline in the dust of where <laughs> Sammy da- Sammy Zane stood. I don't feel this segment. I don't feel good, Renee. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So. Uh, uh, the idea was Sami Zayn was going to expose Bobby Lashley to the world mm. and bring out his sisters and they no. were going to tell terrible stories about Bobby. And of course, in the most Vince McMahon idea of all time, I can just picture it perfectly said backstage, yeah. the, the three sisters, they're, they're going to be huge black guys and they're going to be a drag. Yeah. It's what it was. Yeah. And, and the the feeling in your gut you probably have hearing about this the the silence that is probably engulfing you right now engulfed that arena yeah i, I so so i i'm guessing these were like local workers probably yeah um they can't bump because the whole the whole the whole gimmick <laughs> built up to Oh, Bobby, yeah. Bobby Lashley's going to come out and beat these guys down. I guess yeah. it's supposed to look impressive because he's beating up other huge black dudes. Right. Okay, cool, whatever. Uh, twofold, this sucked because one, th- they all sucked at bumping. And mm. and I don't like just full on shitting on something like this, but they, they had n- no idea what they're doing. And like he tried to get one guy over the ropes and it went to shit. Everything was bad. Oh, the the look. Whenever they do that with like local security or whatever, yeah, they never go over the ropes well. It, it's one of those things like don't even try. Just like Rey Mysterio slide them under the bottom rope and before tossing them over because everybody gets a little uh, you know a little pee coming out when they get tossed over. And they're like, they hold on, yeah, it's like hot garbage. Yeah, it, it looked real bad. And the other thing was Lashley didn't even like seem to care. I, I I get I, I understand like his whole gimmick is he's he's chill he's soft spoken he's laid back he's cool but like he just kind of came out it wasn't even like Sami Zayn you know my sisters are important to me and blah, 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 anything it just was he came out and just was like eh and then beat the guys up like it yeah. was it, it was, was the drizzling shits it was really bad and and I I feel. So bad because I, I feel like if anyone is going to get the brunt of that segment, it's going to be Sammy. And Unfortunately, yeah. And Sammy's a guy who, as far as I can tell, company man turn tries to turn lemons into lemonade as regularly as possible. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the idea of a guy who's such a natural baby face making him a heel was a bad idea. He's been incredibly obnoxious in the best way. It's true. Uh, 
I don't know what he could have done to save this segment. I don't know what anyone could have done to save this segment. You could have had, you know, late 90s Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock doing this segment, and it still would have died a thousand deaths. Probably. Uh, I don't know. I mean, mm, it was a different time back then, so they wouldn't have been so scripted with this terrible sort of thing. I mean, you know, everybody wants to compare it to the Mick Foley rock. This is your life thing, because that's kind of the the basis for this whole thing. And it was, you know, it was one of those lightning in a bottle moments where the, um, the kookiness of Mick Foley at that point and the, the randomness of the people that came out and the electricity of the rock, uh, selling it and reacting to it. That's what got you through it. Um, but, and you know, they, they wouldn't have, they it wouldn't have been as scripted for one, two. Yeah. Um, no, and this is no disrespect to Sami Zayn, but Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley are not Mick Foley and The Rock. Um, so, whereas Sami Zayn has been great recently, um, given this sandwich of shit, uh, there was nothing he could do but just shove it into our faces until we suffocated in corn kernels. Yeah, it, it was real bad. It was it real was bad. Not um, elsewhere on Raw on Monday. Uh, we got uh, the return of Stephanie McMahon, which I know we were all <sighs> pins okay. and needles for. All right. So this, <laughs> so this thing. All right, so it started with one of my least favorite wrestling tropes: uh, the promo train. So yes. what? We, we had Kurt out, and then we had Stephanie out, and then it was Roman, and then it was Owens. I think right, right in, in that in that order. Um, man. It, it's the opening 20 minute McMahon segment. That is their, uh, that is their modus operandi. That is what they do. And it is unfortunate because it's really stuff that can be put across, uh, with either uh, a graphic and Michael Cole talking about it for 10 seconds mm-hmm. or, or just not that, uh, cause, and, and I know what they're trying to do with Steph and this will work into the Rousey thing as well is that they're, they're trying to do, uh, you know, Steph as being the new Vince and sure Steph is a very unlikable heel and she's very good at doing that. Um, but she is not the, the kind of, uh, heel that Vince McMahon was Steph. Right. Is, 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 she's her, she's, she's different. She, she's similar, but different. It's really, it's, it's harder to, to describe, but I think, you know what I'm getting at, you know, Vince was this, ruthless author authoritarian i think part of the problem is that vince is still here uh sure. there's still a vince so sure. you can't have another vince when vince is still there so um i don't know if you know father uh father time is undefeated vince mcmahon is going to die someday sure. uh, i don't want that time to be anytime soon necessarily but um there will be a time when there is no vince and maybe at that point steph can really reach that level that they're trying to get with her and even combined with her and triple H and we haven't seen triple H in some time now. Um, since the greatest uh, Royal rumble, but unless you count greatest Royal rumble. Yeah. Yeah, That wasn't a a storyline. That was just a match. So I get what they're trying to do. It's, it's just not clicking on all cylinders with Steph and, you know, she has to be involved with this Rousey Nia Jax match in some way, right? I mean, I, I would assume because so much of this is is built around her, and and I, I get it. The idea is to do Vince Austin in 2018, yeah. 2019, whenever they you know fire off in all cylinders with it. Um, I think the thing that is so frustrating and, and the thing that is, is is so bothersome is you know you talk about how she's supposed to be like Vince. 
Vince's character was always ruthless. He was always, you know, putting uh, uh, WWE before everyone else. Like that right. was the whole idea. He was yeah. he was the, the world's most vicious boss. He would be taken down regularly by his own hubris on yes. a weekly basis. Good Steve, Steve Austin would would beat him up. The Rock would beat him up. Basically, Vince spent most of the late 90s and early 2000s getting hit with stunners mm -hmm. and chair shots and choke slams and everything else. I understand that this is an era where we now have Stephanie as as this this female uh, lead of WWE on screen. Mm -hmm. And in turn, she can't have the same physical level of reaction from from the, the wrestlers. But it's so strange to me that basically Stephanie McMahon as a character is built to never truly receive her comeuppance. I mean, yeah, yeah, Ronda won at Mania, but if I'm WWE and maybe this is too old school an idea, she should go full on Cowboy Bob Orton with like an arm brace <laughs> because Even two months later. Yeah, because Ronda is an Olympic slash UFC champion yeah. and Stephanie McMahon works in a boardroom most of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's weird. I mean, even even the way the that opening segment went, like, I know there's supposed to be a tension between Kurt and Stephanie, but basically Kurt was just like, well, yeah, Steph, you are a great leader. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it just makes everyone seem so uh, pointless. And and if if that's if that's the thing, everyone's supposed to be pointless compared to McMahon. Well, you know, mission accomplished. But it just it feels yeah. so reductive. So would this work? Would it be sexist to just have Stephanie in charge of the women's roster and to have Kurt or Triple H in charge of the men on Raw? Because, like you said, she needs to get her comeuppance, and Roman Reigns isn't going to slap Stephanie McMahon around. Um, but around a Rousey or a, you know, um, Carmella, I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Right. Uh, somebody could, a woman could, cause they're, they're very still not, uh, into the inter intergender stuff, which is a whole uh, can of worms that, you know, is a whole other podcast, but, um, right, right. would that help work to cement Stephanie as the person they want it to be? Because like you said, you know, if, if she is designed to get her butt kicked, the majority of the roster is not able to kick her butt. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that would help. I think there's also a big part of me and, and I recognize I, I I'm putting myself into a no win situation here by describing this. I remember before Mr. McMahon, I remember right. when yeah. we had, you know, our, our Jack Tunnies of the world yeah. or Gorilla uh, Monsoon or or on the WCW side, you know, you have J.J. Dillon in a similar uh -huh. role and, and that sort of thing where they would be involved, but it wasn't every week at the top of the show right. for 20 minutes to lay out the whole car. Like there was this idea, this, this semblance of there's a, a committee that plans the shows in advance. And when the show starts, well, this is the card we have planned for you tonight. And if someone needed to come out to make the hard decisions to announce the big moves or the big acquisitions, that's when we would see these authority figures, right? It wouldn't be week in and week out and segment in and segment out. And it just feels like a very tired trope at this point. Yeah. That, 
I mean, you watch, uh, uh, you go on the network right now, you watch Raw from 2000, you watch Raw from 2010, you watch Raw from 2008, you just pick a Raw, and chances are it starts with some authority figure, whoever it is, Mm -hmm. coming out and talking about either the dastardly heel or the face that's up their ass, and then planning the rest of the night accordingly. It just feels played out it, it feels like they have this like autocomplete template microsoft word that they plan the first 20 minutes of the show with and and i don't know especially now when they're making more money than ever i know that might be uh, kind of uh, uh incongruent to think uh now's the time to do something new yeah you know the, i I feel like they've done a little bit of a better job of it on SmackDown, at least when Shane and Daniel Bryan were were taking care of things. They didn't sure. open the show as much on their own, but there would be, you know, somebody would open the show and cut a promo to set up something later in the night. It wasn't as long uh, because we only have two hours to work with. And but yeah. and, and then they would cut to to Bryan and or Shane backstage and be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And then while, while we're at it, why don't we do this and this to further this storyline and that and that. Boom, done. Let's get on with the action. Um, yeah. it's just, it's too much emphasis, uh, put, put out there on, on the, uh, on the third authority figures, he took her <laughs> gerbs in the authority. uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a drag. I really hope that they can, um, you know, come up with something, uh, something new, a new fresher way to kind of get at and set the show up. Like I said, just have Michael Cole take a, take a, like an MMA approach. Um, I know it, it kind of cuts the storytelling down a little bit, um, but you can still have your Teddy Long come out. Uh, but what you do is, you know, say uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw, we've got uh, Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor, and we've got uh, Dolph Ziggler versus whoever the fuck Ziggler, Chad Gable, and we've got Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. And then you do the yeah. match, have Jinder come out, and then have Seth come out, make the tag match Teddy Long style. You can still tell the story, uh, but just do it like, we're going to start the start to show off with this match. Let's go to the ring. Whoever the ring announcer is, take it away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing that it, that is really lost and, and uh, would be wonderful to see again, it used to be the semblance of this idea of it was a sports program. Yeah. You know, sports shows have uh, a plan Schedules. for the night. Yeah. There's a schedule. Uh, it just now has turned into the old Vince Russo crash TV theory of, you know, inmates running the asylum. Like, oh, this guy's got a problem with this guy. Well, we got to have a match immediately. And, oh, now there's this guy out here. Now we got to right. do this thing. Like it, it, it's, it's played out. And, yeah. um, you know, even in that, I, I can say that, you know, you can find joys in it. I mean, uh, you know, Roman versus Kevin Owens went to that DQ and yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins in that tag match, Seth and Roman against uh, Owens and Jinder. Seth Rollins is on such a whole different level from everybody oh, else right tag now. Was oh, oh my this. god! Oh my god! Like I, I, I've enjoyed Seth Rollins a lot over the years, but I think right now this is his peak. Uh, he's incredible right now. Yeah, there. He should be the guy. Uh, I know he's been called the man in the past, but he mm-hmm. should be the man. Uh, he's he's unreal right now. And and uh, I, I hope someone recognizes what they have with him right now. 
Yeah, he's I think defended the Intercontinental Championship like uh, more times in the past uh, week and a half than Brock has his entirety of his uh, reign uh, and on different continents and countries uh, at that. So, yeah, Seth Rollins is really uh, become the workhorse. And just anytime you need gold, just send the guy out there and he's going to he's going to make a great match. Now, whether that, you know, translates into another world title run, you know, we, we have no idea what's going to fucking go on with Brock. Uh, whether Roman gets another shot or whoever's going to happen uh, or whenever it's going to happen, probably SummerSlam at this yeah. point, because yeah. uh, it's definitely not happening. Money in the bank. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but Seth has been um, just consistently great. I'm curious to see where uh, the IC feud goes next. Does, does Owens get a shot at it since Jinder and Roman are paired off? Does, does, uh, does KO get a shot at Seth and the IC title? Cause Owens is not in the ladder match, or didn't know he won a second chance match. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, right. He's he in it. Um, yeah, uh, so I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't think they've said. Um, and by the way, the rest of the show was booked. I. I don't think it's really clear where it's going to go. Unfortunately, um, which which is kind of baffling. I mean, granted, we still have. It's not till June 17th, so we still have quite a few yeah, raws yeah, along the way. Yeah, two or three, I, three. I, I thought the show was coming a lot sooner than that. Um, <laughs> whoops. Uh, but hey, it's also going to be super long. So we got that going for us. Oh, yeah. I forgot uh, about it. Every, every uh, what, the big four, big five are now four hours plus a pre-show. And then um, yeah. the others, the others are are, are, are the same. Is that what I read? Uh, so uh, I, I, I listened to, um, and let me tell you, uh, this is an experience. I listened to wrestling observer radio this morning. I've never really <laughs> sat down and listened to it. Uh-huh. Listening to Dave Meltzer talk. I know you, sir, have read the newsletter. I read yeah. the newsletter. Uh, Roughhouse listeners. If you've never read a, an actual wrestling observer newsletter, I recommend you do if only to find out where everyone copies and pastes things from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is exhausting to read though. It's a lot of words. It's it's a lot of words. Uh Dave Meltzer talking is exactly what you would think. The dude goes on lengthy on and on many tangents. But what it sounds like the the plan is now uh the the standard pay-per-views, the the non-big four mm-hmm. uh will be booked to go from seven o'clock at night until 10 30 at night, roughly. 10 30 my ass exactly <laughs> try 11 30 your your survivor series your summer slam your royal rumble that's going to go 7 to 11 and mania is going to go from 7 to midnight again in theory right if if they don't run over because they can now they can run over as long or as short as they yeah. want but that's that's the idea that we will excuse me start seeing three and a half hour into four hour pay-per-views every month, um, which is longer than, than what they've been. Yeah. Uh, not as nightmarishly long as they could be. I know when they said they were going to start at seven, everyone was thinking, Oh God, it's going to be till 11 plus, but um, it could be worse. Still going to be a rough watch. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a loaded gun because on one hand you've got a, uh, joint shows so you have a bigger roster to work with so you're going to get mm-hmm. to see more of the people that you like and all you know pretty much there's not going to be room for non-title feuds though because you have so many unless you don't defend every title on every pay-per-view 
um, which again, to this new model with this new TV deal uh, may work out better that you get more title defenses and changes on uh, TV. So, you know, if I'm thinking ahead to October of 2019, when SmackDown premieres on Fox, uh, is it going to be live? Or are they going to tape? They're going to tape. Aren't they? uh, my understanding is it will be live on Fridays. Okay. All right. Well, then um, the man that fucks up their entire uh, schedule of travel and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Um, uh, really screws up the whole, uh, uh, you know, system destination they in place. Well, yeah. well, is that but like the destination weekends they've been doing the the yeah. idea when it's a big four pay-per-view, you do raw Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Ron smacked on Monday and Tuesday after the pay-per-view with uh, oh, yeah. over the weekend and everything. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that changes because I also wonder how it's going to affect 205 Live. If there is a 205 Live come 2019, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but back to back to Money in the Bank. Yeah. Um, did want to mention Natalia uh, got added to the ladder match. Good okay. for her. Yeah, I guess. Also, uh, Lana and Naomi on the SmackDown side. Yeah, uh, Lana is the head scratcher for me in, in that mix. <laughs> uh, especially Billy K, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, good good for her. Uh, good to see the Rusev Day family still sticking together. Yeah. But uh, very, very strange. Um, before we go more into SmackDown, yeah, last sorry. thing I, I really wanted to get into was uh, – the whole Ronda Naya segment. Uh -huh. uh, what did you think about that there, Christopher? Um, first of all, only my mother gets to call me Christopher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> second of all, you son of a bitch. Um, uh, you know, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey are not the most prolific speakers in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I'm not... Um, and without it getting too physical, uh, I'm not really sure of what it accomplished aside from Steph coming out and then doing the uh, contract signing and stuff like that. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I can't really find myself getting excited for this match, especially since, you know, the rumors continue to circulate that her matches uh, on the European tour got changed from singles matches to tag matches because Miss Rousey is not a hundred percent comfortable doing a solo match on her own at this point. So right. uh, you better get comfortable in the next three weeks. Uh, Miss Rousey, Mrs. Rousey, she's married, but his name, but his name isn't Rousey. So I guess she's still Mrs. I don't know how that shit works. Anyway, <laughs> get your shit together. Lady is what I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, Naya is is not the uh, as we were talking about last week, not the steady hand to guide her in the uh -huh. ring, and clearly was not the steady hand to carry her in, on the microphone either. Uh -huh. Which I guess is why Steph was there. Uh, do you think after everything they've done with Naya Jax to make her, you know, uh, to use the old CM Punk phrase, the voice of the voiceless, you know, uh -huh. the 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 positive change that we need to see in this world. Uh, sure the star that we need to be to use oh, uh, their, their look turn of phrase. Um, do you think Naya's going to turn heel in this? Um, I mean, it depends on how far they want to embrace this, uh, this positive body, positive body image thing. Um, I guess you could still be a very confident um, uh, woman and be a heel and still be proud of your uh, voluptuous uh, curviness. Um, mm -hmm. 
So, uh, but I think she works better as a heel. She should be a monster and, and not like a, you know, disgusting, gross monster, but a, a monster in terms of her work rate and the way she tosses people around because she has a distinct size advantage. Um, right. You know, I, I was listening to, to Brian and Jericho on my way home from, um, from work today, and they were talking about how uh, Brian was saying how, um, you know, he doesn't believe Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brock Lesnar. The yeah. same way I don't believe Carmella versus Nia Jax. Uh, right. There's just su- such a size discrepancy that it's it's kind of unbelievable and it takes you out of it a little bit. So, so what what would work best for Nia is for her to just go in and toss around these smaller people, and they didn't really do that with Alexa Bliss. And as much as I right. love Alexa Bliss, she probably got in way too much offense, way more than she should have in a match against somebody of Nia Jax's stature. So yeah. um, do I think they're going to uh, I, maybe, I mean, against Rousey, she's still, I guess, pretty over. Uh, we'll see how they react to her in Chicago. That's money in the bank. Yep. Chicago, right? Yeah. So um, uh, we'll, we'll see. It's kind of sink or swim in Chicago. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good uh, litmus test for her to see how over she is. Now, WrestleMania was kind of on its own because it's WrestleMania. She was bound to be over there. Um, but in Chicago, uh, in a singles match, unless something changes in the next couple of weeks, this is really going to be sink or swim. Yeah, it, it does not bode well for Ronda, but, uh, you know, we, we will see how, I mean, they could go full smoke and mirrors with this. They, they can keep the match short. There's any number of different things. If, if Bret Hart post stroke could become a U.S. champion, Ronda Rousey, uh, certainly talk about that. <sighs> Ronda Rousey can certainly uh, be made to look good in the ring here. Speaking of looking good in the ring, uh, SmackDown this week, really fun show uh, headlined by what I believe was the first time ever match. I know they said first time in a WWE ring, but I don't think it ever happened in the Indies. Can't imagine uh, that happening. Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy for uh, basically a slot in a match to get a slot in the money in the bank. Correct. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, to, you have two veterans in there, you know, billing it as a first time thing. See, this is further proof that you can do face versus face matches and have the crowd into it because, you know, uh, they're even more torn uh, as to, as to who to cheer. And they cheer for both. I mean, really everybody came out looking great in that Jeff, oh, yeah. you know, looked like a, a fighting champion, even though his title wasn't on the line and Brian, you know, back to Brian, um, mm-hmm. which is all what we all wanted. Um, so the, the match was good and really the outcome makes the most sense because man, I am so hyped for a Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe match in 2018. I'm yeah. super into it. Joe on commentary and just staring him down saying, I don't know what you're celebrating about. You got me next week, little boy. And that was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Let's do this shit right now. <laughs> rock hard. Yeah. Uh, I, I, great match. Great. As, like you said, great show with both guys, probably the best Jeff Hardy match since his return. Uh, I know some people might say, well, TLC is a TLC, but I, I, yeah. I definitely think we had a good uh, match with Miz a couple weeks ago here. In that's Baltimore. true. That's true. But I think the Brian match was probably a little bit better. Um, but, you know, uh, it was just a sign of things to come uh, in terms of a, a good night in ring. Uh, Biggie and the Miz had a really, really fun match, uh, yeah. which uh, is going to lead to next week on SmackDown. We get Miz in the bar versus the new day, which should be super fun. 
Uh, New Day still hasn't said who's going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I still think it's going to be Big E. Did you see anything that might make you think uh, they're going to change it up on us? Anything like that? No, not necessarily. But the, did you catch the Kofi jumping off the steel steps, bouncing oh! off of Cesaro's fucking shoulder, and then taking out uh, Sheamus? Holy balls. That, you know, as, as unbelievable as it was, which it was, credit to Cesaro. Oh, yeah. You're like, I, I don't know how you support a guy doing something like that, but I imagine it takes two to tango to make that work. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unreal. Unreal himself. spot. Plan uh. himself. You, you can see him brace, uh, but man, did he, he really give him a boost. That looked so cool. Kofi, man. I mean, the guy has to be pushing 40. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure who they're going to put in there. Uh, Smart Money is on Big E because uh, he's Big E and he's great and he deserves uh, a singles push. And there's no reason why he can't do tag team and singles in the same three-man faction. So uh, I'm going to stick with Big E. Um, although, uh, you know, Kofi's uh, experience with ladder matches is, is uh, sur- uh, surpassed by, I don't think, anybody on the main roster right now except maybe Matt and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, one thing I will point out: uh, the the New Day gimmick with the pancakes and doing the Game of Thrones shame. Big fan of that. Big oh, fan of that. The pancake power and the old Nintendo power font. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Their new shirts, man. They they have almost as many bright color T shirts as John Cena at this point, which is <laughs> quite quite a feat. So congratulations to those guys. They're still going strong, man. Uh, I'm I'm happy yeah. for them. The pancake yeah. thing was a good um, a good lateral from the bootios. I just want them to go through the whole gamut of breakfast foods. I want them <laughs> to go to waffles. Uh, I want them to do French toast sticks. Um, I think that just <laughs> tossing those into the crowd will be great with little like uh, individually wrapped uh, maple syrup things. Just toss them out with them. Um, I would like to see them get an endorsement by Pop-Tarts and have them uh, toss out strawberry frosted Pop-Tarts to the crowd. Uh, toaster strudel may be a little more difficult uh to to um to execute with the icing uh unless you know you you hand somebody a plate with a, a warm toasted toaster strudel the cinnamon uh the, the cinnamon one that's that's the king of the toaster strudel right there with yeah. the uh, with warm frosting and then you put it on you put the frosting on the toaster strudel and then you put it on a plate and say here my friend enjoy a toaster strudel on a plate and it's quite delicious um I would like them to uh, just have a big platter worth of sunny side eggs that they just flip out on uh, spatulas out into the crowd. Uh, and then I want to see it land on somebody's face, but not in the traditional cartoon way where, you know, the yolks are the eyes. I want to see the yolk land right on somebody's forehead and it'd be a runny yolk and it just runs right down their face. And you get that really good reaction shot in the crowd. Um, I would like to see them also get an endorsement for Quaker oatmeal. And I just wanted to, to take uh, handfuls of oatmeal oatmeal and just just slop it into the crowd just have people it's like a bukkake session of oatmeal just all over the crowd everybody comes out sticky and smelling like blueberries and cream that was amazing chris (laughs) i like breakfast foods (laughs) the rough house podcast is a weekly podcast follow us at rough house sgw on twitter and facebook.com slash the rough house podcast Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 
three, lowercase r, lowercase f, u, v, q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod- House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Are you a retired professional wrestler? Have you traded in your boots for bingo? Given up walking the ropes for walking to the garden? Hung up your mask for some Metamucil? Are you working on that fifth hip replacement? Then Uncle Wrinkle Pie's Wrestler Retirement Home is right for you. Enjoy our pets room with Coco Beware's Bird Frankie and Damien Jake the Snake's Pet Python. Take advantage of complimentary dental work from Isaac Yankum DDS and work out with Disco Inferno's dance classes. If you get sad or lonely, just go down the hall to Doink the Clown's room where he and Dink will cheer you up and help you remember the days of yore when you were doing swanton bombs off the top of steel cages. Our media room plays nothing but David Arquette films. Plus, we have Erwin R. Scheister on staff to take care of your taxes, Henry O. and Phineas I. Godwin to teach you gardening, and the Brooklyn Brawler to job to you for that little extra self-esteem boost. Uncle Wrinkle Pie's Wrestler Retirement Home is now accepting applications. Applicants must be able to cut a promo against Bastion Booger, Superkick Hornswoggle, and DDT the Gobbledygooker.